Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. I'm your co-host, Adele Sage, joined as always by Angelina Jenis. Hey, Angelina. Hey, Adele. We have a very interesting guest today from an organization that you might not expect us to necessarily be interviewing on the CX Cast. So I am pleased to welcome Lewis Barris from NASA. So Lewis, welcome, and please tell us more about CX at NASA. This is so interesting. We've never thought about this. Hey, Adele, Angelina, thank you for having me. As you mentioned, I am the customer experience lead for NASA, and I specifically support in the CIO organization, which delivers IT services to the agency and, and really to our, our broad customer base. Just a caveat, when I say customers, right, from a NASA perspective, our customers are the 60,000 employees across the agency, across 10 field centers, actually, 2,000 of which are also part of my organization, the CIO. And we also consider our customers NASA's external partners, our commercial space companies that we're also proud of, the international space community, and pretty much everything in between, right? Does that include the aliens? It might. <laughs> okay, okay. It might. Those, those are just partners. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. just partners, right? Or they might be in one of those categories, right? <laughs> but I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't also kind of highlight a little bit of what NASA CIO does, right, for these customers. I think when you traditionally think of delivering IT services, you think of what I would call really the hard stuff these days, right, which is delivering collaboration tools and network connectivity and keeping a whole organization working remotely. We do all of those things, but we also do a lot of really complex engineering out of this organization. Again, because we're NASA, just, I just want to give you a couple of really cool examples I think you'll find really neat. You know, NASA CIO also designs and operates the launchpad cameras that you see when you watch launch footage, right? And doing that is a huge engineering feat. Those cameras have to withstand 28 Gs of force during launch so that they don't disintegrate. So it's not just like buying something off the shelf and bolting it on the launchpad. Like there's a lot of engineering involved in that. And like the CIO organization does that. We also run a lot of networking infrastructure across all of our field centers and operational areas. And also the same infrastructure that our commercial companies are now leveraging, right? When they bring their rockets and their crew, which is just fascinating to watch. But we also take the lead on implementing mission voice and mission communications and the kind of stuff that is completely mission critical for everyone, for, for NASA, for its partners. The things you hear when you live stream a launch, right? Which makes it mission critical for you to be part of the launch. The CIO organization does all of those things. So I think when, when I really unpack what it means to be the CX lead for NASA IT, it's really about delivering services in a way that enables NASA's mission and remembering that we're not all just here to do IT, we're here to really enable the rest of NASA and to be a part of just really putting things in space, right? That's really what it means to us. And it sounds like helping the rest of the world view what you guys are doing, putting people into space as well. So it's a pretty extensive remit. So we should give some context. The reason we were so excited to have you on is because you had mentioned you were going through a CX transformation. I think we're curious how you ended up as a CX lead at NASA, and then also what it means to be leading a CX transformation at NASA. Sure, absolutely. So just a really quick history about myself and kind of how I landed in this space. So I've been at NASA for about 15 years at this point. Terrifying. <laughs> that flies by when you're having fun. And I started my journey at NASA 
designing simulation systems for the space shuttle program. That was really fascinating work. And I was doing that at Kennedy Space Center. I was given some really cool opportunities to lead ground systems projects at Kennedy and eventually made a leap towards enterprise scale work. And I should also caveat that at NASA, what makes us really unique is that each one of our 10 field centers has its own personality, its own culture, and its own unique contribution to NASA's mission. And I'll give you a perfect example. A lot of human exploration work is designed and managed for, and, and this is an overreach, right? But it's really centered around Johnson Space Center, right? You probably remember the Apollo movies and the big pool and the training facilities that's all out there. At Kennedy, we do launch and landing and ground processing for the most part. So, you know, getting to manage ground systems projects at Kennedy gave me a really good feel for what missions need and what mission agility means in this agency. And so when I was able to transition to do enterprise scale work and support the agency CIO at headquarters, I came into that world knowing what mission agility is and, and just how we should be delivering services. And so I served for several years as the agency's first collaboration tools lead, which is one of the coolest jobs, right? Because I was essentially helping our mission partners architect IT solutions to enable things like file sharing and video conferencing with partners all across the world. And in some really unique instances and projects, not even on this planet, you know, some collaborations with folks on the space station. And working closely with those organizations, I was constantly surfacing customer needs, customer issues to agency leadership. And while I felt almost like a broken record, it really was my job to do that on behalf of the customers. And I should probably also insert here just for context that the reason why those kinds of things are hard, right? Like hearing a customer's need to collaborate, let's say with Japan or with the European Space Agency, ESA, and just not being able to just you know download some software thing to just do it is because in federal IT, you're really bound to very specific cybersecurity and federal IT regulations. So if you think of a traditional Silicon Valley company, right, they can pretty much just purchase a service or, or buy a service that's hosted offshore, or maybe that trades in a user's privacy, right, for convenience. We can't do that, right? We take cybersecurity and privacy very, very seriously. And so when customers come to us in that, hey, I want to collaborate with this partner use case, it's seemingly very easy, right? In their personal lives, they can solve it in a few minutes. It's really difficult and compounded in a federal IT space. And it's not just a NASA issue. It's really across the federal space. And I wouldn't even say it's an issue. It's just a reality, right? We want to keep data safe. We want to make sure that our employees are safe. And so I was finding myself in a position where I would have to work with customers, get their requirements, really advocate for them back to the leadership, find that negotiation point with our, our IT leadership to say, hey, maybe if we accept a little risk here, then we could do it this way, right? And leadership is really supportive of the mission, right? That, that's why we're all here. But sometimes I had to break it to our customers that the thing they were asking for that should be really easy just wasn't possible. And those are really difficult conversations. And so I think that really hardened me to, <laughs> to a certain <laughs> point, right? Where at some point an opportunity arose to fill in as the first CX lead in my organization. And when I really dove into that discipline and started studying it, I realized 
this was just like the perfect job for me, right? I've been doing this work. I've been advocating for customers. I've been proposing CX initiatives, maybe not with that branding. And for sure, I'd been optimizing customer journeys and analyzing them all along with customers at the table. So I felt like I had already been indoctrinated into the CX discipline when that first came up. So I, it was kind of interesting and the stars kind of aligned, right? When I walked into that job, I, one of the, 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 the very interesting intersection of that job transition and that whole journey with IT's transformation, it was already planning and that was in flight is I came in in the early fall timeframe and, and by the next spring, IT was going to have essentially a baseline design for the new organization. So there was already a huge transformation happening. I was peripherally involved. And when I got the CX lead job, our CIO said, hey, we're going to make a real investment in becoming customer centric. So I'm going to need you to really support that transformation effort full time. And so I'd say the only other element to that that I think really contributed is walking in as a CX lead. I committed to the leadership that, hey, because I know so much about the organization that we're operating, and I've been a part of it for feels like a bazillion years by this point, and I know all of the players, I know our customers and their pain points, I committed to writing almost like a manifesto, right, of 25 very specific CX initiatives that I knew would help both our customers and our employees, right, because customers are also employees in this world. And I, I published that within the first 30 days. And that was really well received by our leadership. And the recommendation was, hey, instead of running these or proposing them as individual CX initiatives or projects, right, we might get funding for some, we might be able to get some done quicker. Why don't you really invest your time and effort with the transformation that's happening to weave all of these tenants into the fabric of our future operating model? And that was just a mind-blowing opportunity, right, that I think you get maybe once in a career to really influence the way your organization will operate in the future. So that's kind of how I landed in that position. So how do you actually do that? Yeah, that's a really great question, Adele. So the way you do that at NASA especially, and the way the transformation was organized is there were some really incredible IT leaders from my organization that were already working in the transformation and they had splintered off into various, they call them integrated product teams, IPTs, that really focus in on a topic. For example, acquisitions and contracts was one that was in flight on another path. But we got together on one called customer engagement. And, and if you're asking yourself why it's not called customer experience, it's because CX is a, a newer term, right? That I think my position really brought to light and I'm a real champion for. But customer engagement allows us to really embody more than just a traditional CX discipline. It allows us to wrap in a lot of existing operating model stuff. And so I was immediately thrown into this team with really amazing people that I had respected since I was a junior NASA employee myself. And now these are my peers and we're architecting together the future operating model. And so what we did is we took a look at how other federal agencies have implemented customer experience. So we benchmarked with literally everybody. We busted out our Rolodex, and that probably ages me a little bit, right? We busted out our Rolodex of federal agencies that we know and said, hey, who does this in your agency? And can we talk to them? We'll do anything. And then we, we benchmarked a, a bunch also with commercial companies. And you know, I, I might have used the NASA meatball a little bit to my advantage to try to get a few meetings, but I met with some of the most powerful brands, right? And asked them simply, hey, like, how do you 
influence your business model with the customer's input? Like, how does that work in your area? And so we, we gathered all of these really great benchmarks, talked to even some of our commercial companies that work with NASA about their business since we're in the same industry, and, and then took a really internal look right, at how IT is structured at our 10 field centers. Because I mentioned each one of those has its own culture and has its own personality. And we're all integrated right, via an inter- enterprise service delivery model, which is great but they do have a little bit of nuanced differences at the center. So we wanted to see what's working, what's not, how are certain pain points being addressed? Do some even exist at certain centers or have they just solved it? And so we kind of took the best of breed from all of those conversations. Analyst research was also something we baked into it. And we started to weave together this overarching strategy for future customer engagement at NASA CIO. So you're encouraged to kind of launch this manifesto, do a lot at once. What kind of critical milestones are there then if you're just trying to do a big push on everything? Prioritization is key in that world. I think aside from standing up the customer engagement office, which is part of this transformation, it's one of the outputs, it's this whole office and a business model that I'll I'll elaborate on in just a second. It's also important, especially for me as being the CX lead, even outside of the transformation effort, right? This is my job is to to listen to the customer and then do the things, you know? I wanted to get some quick wins under the belt. And so one of the areas that we're moving on aggressively as we do all of the other things I'll mention is we're implementing more of a, a an intentional service-oriented IT intranet for our customers and a robust knowledge base because right now only some of our services have robust knowledge bases. There's very much a culture of if you're a mission customer working on something, you kind of have to know someone in IT sometimes to get an answer. And I, I think that's just how organizations evolve when you're huge and also when you're putting things in outer space, a little bit of mission pressure that just makes that the core focus. So working through, through those quick wins, I think, has been very satisfying for our customers. We're starting to see progress as we're just in the initial formulation stages of that project itself. And so the goal there is to have a directory of all of our IT services we offer with really quick one or two click journeys to get you to who you can talk to in our organization for more information, how you can request that service, all of that information that if you are looking at something in your personal lives, like let's say your university's services catalog, you would expect that stuff, right? So we're working towards that as a quick win. But some of the other milestones really, really related to our transformation, not to say that one isn't, but as part of the transformation roadmap is to stand up a customer engagement office, just a formal discipline where we can unpack and evolve our own version of the CX model. We can implement operational communications to our customers that have more of a marketing focus to them. That's something I'm very passionate about. I think because we're public sector, there definitely is a feel of we don't have to market a a little bit, but I I think we do have to market, right? We have to, especially to overcome the obstacle I mentioned earlier about employees having expectations perhaps, right, of Silicon Valley type tech and, and easy solutions that are frictionless that we necessarily can't offer. We have to create a marketing focus in our communications and we're doing that very near term, which is awesome. Another major milestone, Angelina, is we're looking at implementing our voice of the customer program. Right? We've done a lot of work to derive our metrics architecture with very clear alignment to our IT and agency strategic goals, which is awesome. 
And one thing I will say too, which speaks to just how incredible NASA is as a place to work and how much strategy goes into supporting NASA's missions, instead of the NASA CIO implementing a voice of the customer program on its own, if you think about it, right, there are other service providers in this agency like procurement and facilities and engineering, and we're all servicing for the most part the same customers. We're looking at implementing a voice of the workforce program, something broader at scale that allows us to leverage each other's insights from our questions that might be somewhat open-ended, just as an example, or even to get a pulse from, hey, before you send a survey out to, let's say, 60,000 people or even a sampling of that, be aware that 30% of your sample has been surveyed to death in the last six months. So maybe you want to revisit your sample. So those are the kinds of things we're looking at to give us a little bit of scale level kind of solutioning, which is awesome. And, and then the other piece I really want to mention too, I'm actually excited about this. One of our field centers, I believe Johnson Space Center, had implemented locally the concept of customer segments. So they basically broke out their local center directory, right, of, of all these different organizations into segments. They had mission support groups like IT and facilities and procurement and those types of groups. And then they had a few categories of missions, for example, like the front office of the, the human exploration office might be a, a mission or the science mission directorate, as opposed to a very flagship mission that's focused on something very specific like ISS, the space station. And so by looking at customer segments as something we also do at scale and start testing out over the next few months, we're super excited because we're realizing that we'll be able to quickly elevate and start integrating customer needs that surface from these segments to allow us to provide IT solutions, again, at scale, save significant dollars and with things like volume purchasing and really start to leverage the kind of benefits that you see commercial companies leveraging with volume purchasing and cloud services and SaaS. So yeah, super stoked about those things. Thank you for sharing that. I wanna go back to the voice of the customer topic for just a second. What you've described in wanting to be very integrated in your approach, it's something that lots of companies want to do, but it's really hard to get everybody to agree and to coordinate. So how are you doing that? I assume that there's some kind of technology involved, but there, there has to be more than just technology. So how are you getting everybody to agree to share and, and work together? Yeah, phenomenal question as well, Adele. That's something that I'm thankfully able to be a party to. So I got approached by agency leadership and people I respect outside of the CIO who said, hey, we're working on this concept. What do you think? And I was a few months into my CX lead gig and I said, we're in. Count IT in because this is a no-brainer. And so the way we're doing it, that team has done an incredible job. It's our digital transformation initiative, which is running across the agency, looking for large-scale opportunities like this one to, to not duplicate, but really do things appropriately scaled. And what they've done is they've done a current state review and study of how voice of the customer programs are implemented in all the different organizations today. So they've done that. They're also taking best of breed from their benchmarks that they've done with other organizations who have robust voice of the customer programs and looking at implementing things like IRBs, right? Integrated review boards that are going to allow us to really take a look at if a, for example, a specific survey that someone wants to send out, let's say it's me, I want to send a survey. I'm not a great survey writer. They're going to take a look at it and say, hey, by the way, your survey doesn't really meet the intent of what you're trying to do. So let's not push it. Let's rework it. Or they might say, hey, time out. We're seeing the 
financial officer and procurement and facilities and engineering have three or four surveys lined up and you guys are all asking very similar questions. Maybe we can combine a few of these and have maybe one or two survey efforts that we cascade in this way, right? So there's a lot of governance that's being designed around it to make the voice of the workforce program sustainable and value added at all levels instead of just another technology stack we roll out and say, hey, yeah, we can just use it when we want, right? Technology should enable the voice of the workforce program, but it's not all of it. There's a lot of business process, ethics, and governance rolled into it. Hopefully this example will give some other companies some inspiration for being able to put some of that same kind of governance in place to do it. Because what you're talking about is really hard. So kudos to you guys for being willing to work together and to coordinate in that way and to say, hey, if somebody else has that question, great, I will just use their data then. I don't need to ask it too. Yeah. That takes humility too. And, and not, not everybody has that everywhere in their companies. Yeah. And Adele, I will also say, I think the other thing that makes it, I don't want to say easier, but it brings us together in this fashion at NASA is why we're here. We're not just here to do human resources and our human resources team or IT and this team. We're here to enable NASA's mission, right? And so that unifies us. And, and I think that electrifying feeling that you might get as a, a person watching a launch, if you've ever seen one in person, especially, we all feel a part of that when those events happen, even if we're completely covered up in meetings, right? So under the veil of like, hey, don't forget, there's a mission going on here, right? We're not just in meetings all day. We're really motivated to find these kinds of opportunities. And I think our digital transformation team and our mission support directorate that's really pulled together a lot of this strategy for the agency and teed up these conversations, they do an amazing job at motivating the rest of us to just say, yeah, we're in. I feel like that's already giving listeners a thought on the importance of having a clear CX vision that ties to your purpose. Do you have any other advice for listeners who may even be in the private sector on what to think about as they start their CX transformations? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'd say one of the biggest gifts, I think, that I got out of my CX benchmarking was from one of the commercial companies that I spoke to, and I, I wish I could remember them and give them a shameless plug here, but they said to me, hey, really embrace journey mapping. And they, they expanded a lot on it, right? But what they really meant was use it internally. Obviously, it'll help you understand your customer's perspective. But if you're just starting out as a CX lead and you need those quick wins, you need to build momentum, use journey mapping as a tool that you offer up as a service you offer up to other parts of your organization to help them, right? So instead of just putting out the fire, because I think immediately a CX lead is a complaint department to an extent, right? They're going to bring you all the things to share in the pain, but also for you to help out. You could also really unpack how you got there for the person asking for help with the issue and start to to really build confidence and momentum in your team. So that's a, a piece of advice that I would absolutely offer. I think also, if you have customers that are incredibly technical, like NASA, all of our customers are engineers for the, not all, right? But for the most part, our customers are incredibly technical people. And when we're talking about commodity IT services, these are people who have probably implemented some email server a hundred times over in their life too. So they're like, look, man, I can click the stuff if I need to, right? I think if you have those kind of customers or even challenging customers, partner with them. They're going to be your greatest allies if you can forge relationships. And 
the inverse of that also is don't just think about CX in terms of just what your customers are thinking. Really bake in the employee experience alignment because I think that's going to really help you sell things. Here at NASA, especially the intranet and kind of self-service concept project I mentioned we're working on, I really wasn't getting a lot of traction selling this as a CX thing until I realized the value propositions for employees as well. That was just a huge turning point for me. So I would say really listen to your customers, but also to your employees, because CX and EX are, are just very linked in this, in this world. Couldn't agree more. Lewis, you've already mentioned a lot of challenges that you've been tackling. Any other big challenges that you have looked at and are finding success overcoming? Yeah, absolutely, Angelina. You know, one of the biggest challenges, and again, being in public sector, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier in terms of we play by slightly different rules than, than commercial companies. NASA is uniquely chartered to protect sensitive information uh, for access, let's say, by only U.S. citizens, right, in a lot of cases. But we're also chartered as an agency to collaborate on that same data with our international space partners. And so that, that doesn't work all the time. And so what we end up with is a tremendous challenge for IT, who is eager to support the missions, but obligated to design services within the bounds of federal. And so the challenge that creates for a CX lead like myself is just the reality that we may not be able to meet every customer need, right? Or make every single change we have there. And so this is where the challenge becomes an opportunity, having just a really technical user base that we have. We really work with them to architect the solutions and unpack the problems, but also share in why it's not possible to get there. And I think that's, that's a challenge that is unique in my environment, because I think other federal agencies that have the same regulations are possibly not chartered as thoroughly, right, to collaborate with several international communities to make space progress like we are. Awesome. Lewis, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the CX cast. It was super relevant to public and private sector, and we loved having you on. Thank you. My pleasure. This is super fun. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and thank you, everyone else, for joining. Until next time, bye. Thank you.